0: Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need To Read. In this book review episode, I'll be going into and reviewing and pulling the best bits from Working Hard, Hardly Working by Grace Beverly, of Instagram fame and owning some pretty cool businesses. But I'll go into that in a moment. Just before we get started, the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, BetterHelp are providers of an online therapy service as the world gets back to normal people are going to be filled with excitement happiness and joy and there's also going to be some of us some of you some of anyone filled with anxiety or fear of things going back to normal um the because we're so unsure of how things are going to be those feelings are going to show up for people and of course just in general regardless of when you're listening to this your life might have a little bit too much sadness or a little bit too much anxiety or you might not be able to plan well. Essentially, you might need a therapist. And if you do need a therapist, then BetterHelp have the solution for you. It is cheaper than standard face-to-face counselling. Once you've done the questionnaire online, you're put in touch with a therapist. Then about 48 hours, which is pretty quick in comparison to most other methods. Now, if this is something that sounds like you need it in your life, then head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read and you get 10% off your first month. And from there, you're on the way to feeling better and life will get better. So if you need it, head to BetterHelp. But with the ads out of the way, let's get into this because I did enjoy reading this book. I think especially for people in my generation, my generation... Being in between the ages of 20 or late teens to 30-ish. This book is screaming at you because we are a generation of confused people who can't quite work out whether we want to do fuck all or whether we want to work really fucking hard. And there doesn't just seem to be a middle ground where people can find an equilibrium and balance their life. Let's just introduce you to working hard hardly working the subtitle of the book is how to achieve more stress less and feel fulfilled now those are three things i think everyone kind of wants to do i think when it comes to achieving more everyone does have ambitions everyone wants to achieve certain things in your life and whichever part of your life those are in like you've got goals and aspirations and that stress no one wants to stress and feeling fulfilled that's the goal right We all want to feel like our life has a purpose and feel like we are fulfilling some sort of destiny. If we're going to pretend we're main characters in a film, which I suppose we kind of all are. We are all main characters in the film of our own life, if we're going to get all cliche. But um, the book itself obviously is split into two parts. You've got the working hard part and then the hardly working. So I'll start with the working hard and then later on we'll get into the hardly working. I'll introduce Grace Beverly before we get into that. Now she is, I think she's about 21, 22. Age is not really important here because she has achieved so much. I think she started off Instagram, fitness blogging. I think she used to be Grace Fit UK, and she's just taken the world by storm with some sustainable fashion brands, with some fitness app. She's done really really well went to um oxford cambridge and seems like she's just cracked it in terms of business and she goes into a little bit about that in the book there's a lot of anecdotes about her life and her sort of situation and of course this is where the haters will come in because the haters will be like oh that's privilege that's privilege well look you can't achieve stuff without actually doing it um regardless of your privilege obviously it does help but you still have to work hard, regardless of whatever privilege it is. And I think, unfortunately, there is there are people out there at the moment who like to shit on people because they've got privilege. And they say, well, you, you weren't born in Pakistan and no one's trying to bomb your house, so let's just take a little bit away from your success. And I don't agree with that. Which, of course, they would say, of course I do, because I'm a white cisgender the heterosexual male middle class whatever Um, but I just want to acknowledge that she actually acknowledges her privilege in the book and then just moves on which is quite good maybe focus on her privilege a little bit too much but I suppose you if you're trying to please people then that is what you do just to avoid criticism I would ignore reviews that you've seen of this on the internet because I think some haters have gone online before they've even read the book and just like chat shit about it which i think is so unfair there are some proper losers out there in the world and some of them have attacked the goodreads of working hard and hardly working which is a bit harsh if you ask me so the book starts with a story of just working really really hard and trying to juggle too many things and trying to have too much on your plate which I think is all too common and I'll just pull a quote from the book to begin with it says acting like you know more than you do is unhelpful rather than clever that you're always going to feel like you're doing and achieving less than everyone else and that self-care is more often finally doing things that you're putting off so shout out to the people that think they can do everything and won't delegate or hand off responsibility for someone else because they're control freaks hello to probably me um, and some other people that I know. I think relinquishing control a little bit and delegating is quite hard, but obviously it is very important. So that's something that she acknowledges at the start of the book, which I think everyone kind of needs to get into their head. Um, When it comes to working hard, obviously people tend to work hard in whatever they're doing, unless you're just a bit lazy. Or if you just don't like what you're doing which is all too common there are so many people just pushing pushing and pushing at something they don't even really want to achieve in deep down so she talks about purpose and purpose is one of those things it's a word that maybe scares some people or maybe excites some others but it's not like a blanket thing that drives everything it's actually far smaller than that and it's not always going to be there um, she references the happiness trap in the book um, by Russ Harris. It's a book that I love and I've spoken about quite a lot about how like happiness isn't like a reachable destination. And I think that's the same thing with purpose. People think at some point someone will serve them up a purpose on a plate and say, oh, this is what you're meant to do forever. It just doesn't work like that. I think purpose will change through different stages of your life. Let's say in your early 20s, your purpose might be have loads of fun. Maybe you get into your 30s, you're like, well, my purpose is to raise these kids that have somehow turned up Um, by mistake or on purpose, I don't know. Um, But yeah, I think when it comes to purpose, a good thing to acknowledge there is that it, it will change, your purpose will change. And if you haven't got a purpose, in your own opinion, just don't panic at some point you'll find something that you're passionate about. And then guess what? After that, you might find something else. And purpose is more about having like micro passions. Um, it's what she says in the book. They will develop with us as we grow. And when you can acknowledge that, that you can have these micro passions, little projects that you want to work on, little parts of yourself that you want to work on, just change the fact that you're looking for a purpose. And just like your purpose is just to be a better person, to be a good person and to try and do more for you Um, and that'll just take the pressure off you because otherwise you're trying to live in line with it but it doesn't work but if your purpose is just being a better version of you then you can always work at it and then these other purposes micro passions they'll be introduced as you go along so if you just litter your life with things that you love things will get certainly a lot easier so Let's say you hate your job, well, you get a lunch break every day, hopefully. If you don't, um, I'm pretty sure it's against the law, so bring that up with your boss. But, like, you you got time before work or after work or even, like, during. So I used to sneakily read whilst I was at my desk. So I'd be sat there and I'd sort of hide in the corner and I'd be reading my book. And then at lunch breaks, I'd go and read my book or I'd go and go for a walk or something like that. So, like, things that I like doing, I made sure I put them in my work day. So, if you want to, whatever your purpose is, whatever your passion is, no, not purpose or passion, I would edit that out, but I don't like doing that anymore. I just like going for a seamless one take. So, whatever it is you feel passionate about at the time, try and integrate that into your day or a few times a week. And I'll go into that in just one moment. But she talks about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Now, If you haven't seen that, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs is a pyramid of things that you need to achieve to become self actualized which kind of is like an Enlightenment thing, but not. It's just about living life in a flow state so that you are the person that you want to be and you're doing the things that you want to do. Um... And she kind of rejects the fact of self-actualization as a final destination, like with, with the happiness trap and happiness, and tries to incorporate self-actualizing as a thing that you just do constantly. So you just do small things each day that will bring you closer to it, and you just appreciate its journey. So once you've got your things that are lower down on the hierarchy of need, so if you imagine a pyramid, you've got your like safety needs, so you need like a roof over your head, you need food, dinner. Dinner, you just need food, you need safety, you need a roof over your head, you need to make sure no one's shooting at you in your sleep. Those are at the lower levels. At the top is like, okay, am I happy in life? Am I doing the things that I enjoy? Do I have hobbies? Do I have interests? That's at the top. So self actualizing is just a process, and that process is making sure that you're doing things that you enjoy. So that's essentially her philosophy on life. But there are some very good parts in the book about productivity and things like that which i'll go into first which is obviously falls under the working hard part of the book as opposed to the hardly working so she references deep work which is a book by cal newport i think i've reviewed that on the podcast before and deep work is essentially a state or a type of work that is a cognitively demanding task that requires you essentially to ease yourself into it and then you're in it for two or three hours and you get into like this flow state and Flow state, she has a chapter on this and she has a chapter on um, deep work as well. Flow state is where you just, you forget to eat. You're working, you're in flow, you're happy. It's it's quite hard to get to that point. But every now and then you reach it. I find my flow state is at jujitsu. Like I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm just thinking about the person in front of me. Them trying to strangle me, me trying to strangle them. And that's where I find my flow. I get into flow sometimes when I'm writing or I'm in flow potentially now whilst I'm talking because I'm not really thinking about anything else. I'm just thinking about how I can deliver this information in the best way possible and kind of just f- freeballing it here and just like spitting it out. And that's kind of like flow. I'm not thinking about what I want for dinner, um, which I kind of am now, but I'll, I'll think about it a bit later. But that's only because I bought it up, idiot. Now, productivity, apart from the whole flow state thing, is as much about planning as it is about anything else. And how you can sort of sort out your day to make sure it goes as streamlined as possible. The one key thing that I I took from this chapter is don't start your day with admin. Sometimes I'll be going to sleep and I'm like, oh my god i've got to do this in the morning so i write it down as something i do first thing in the morning and then i start my day with admin and that's not enjoyable no one likes admin i think admin is like a universally not enjoyed thing to do no one likes it so just work out what's important for the day and have a look at the eisenhower method so the eisenhower method is essentially a like table that you put things into to work out whether you need to do them or not. So you have urgent, you have an important. And urgent and important tasks, you do them first. Important things that aren't so urgent, you schedule them for later. If it's not urgent, but it's important, you can delegate it to someone else. Or if you haven't got someone else to it, then you just put it on your scheduled list, but just lower than the other stuff. And if it's not urgent and it's not important, then just learn to let go and not do it. And it's quite a nice way because you can work out what is actually important for you to do that day. And that's always good because you want to do the urgent important things first. If it's not urgent, just don't, don't procrastinate and do it because you are avoiding the things that are urgent. Another interesting part about the productivity is she said to do a to-do table. So you split your to-do list into a table, and there's like tasks that you need to do straight away, there's tasks that you need to do later, and there's bigger tasks. And you you kind of work out, like, how long is the task gonna take? How long is this gonna take? And it's far more important than just doing a list of, like, oh, put washing out, uh, empty dishwasher, um, take the kids to school, go for a swim. You're just putting things down there, there's no, Order, there's no sense of, oh, this is more important than this. So when you do a to do table, you can actually work out what's better for you to do when. And it's kind of like the Eisenhower method and it kind of expands on that. But there's one rule that I particularly liked that was if it takes two minutes, just do it straight away. Don't let it uh, clutter your mind. If you listen to the Art of Thinking Clearly podcast that I did, You'll have heard the uh, Zagarnik effect. The Zagarnik effect is essentially a Russian, Russian psychologist. In the 1920s, she worked out that if you tell a waiter or a waitress, whatever you want to say, like a specific meal, they will remember that with the requirements until the point that the meal is served because it's then out of their mind. So your brain will hold on to things that you're not doing, therefore cluttering your mind and we don't like mind clutter so if it takes less than two minutes just do it straight away if you're someone that struggles with productivity set yourself some deadlines make sure you know that you right this is when i have to have done this by and so like this is weird don't punish yourself properly for not doing something like if you don't do something go easy on yourself but when i used to go like swimming before work i used to say to myself like right you're not allowed to go to jiu tonight if you put your feet down on the pool floor within the next 10 lengths now you don't have to go to those extremes but to be like right well something that you really enjoy doing but it's not necessary for your happiness it's just a on top of what you like doing just say you can't do that make a rule with yourself be a bit disciplined like well i went and bought some cereal earlier i want some crave if I. I'll say, right, if I don't record this podcast today, I'm not allowed to bowl a crave later. Okay, well, I want that bowl of crave, so I'm going to do it. Easy peasy. Tidy your desk. I like that one. It's, it's a very small point. Basically, wherever you're working, make sure it's tidy. Don't be scruffy because it doesn't make your mind clear of all things. One other part that I loved, I've just realised I've made quite a few notes on this and I don't want to ruin the book for you. I think you'll get a good understanding of whether you want to buy it or not from these particular parts but just start saying no to things it comes down to like if it's unimportant if it's not urgent just say no you don't need to do it i have said no to a few things recently that i could have been like paid all right money for but they weren't gonna serve me like i wasn't happy doing it so i've actually just said look i'm not i'm not doing it anymore because You've got to protect your energy and protect your own sort of like mental space. If it's not doing it for you, then learn to say no. I know sometimes that can be difficult if you're employed by someone, if you're not self employed, like you haven't got the luxury of that. But just trial it out. <laughs> you might shock your boss and they might be pissed off, but they'll probably respect you for saying, Oh no, I don't wanna do that or no, I won't do that because of X, Y, Z. That's that's how it works little side note here on productivity um and one other thing on productivity from me well it's not actually from me it's from my girlfriend oh guys i've got a girlfriend so that's a that's a shout out to me for doing that I've, I've, i've achieved something there i've opened myself up again emotionally which which is pretty cool um if i'm honest so yeah so my girlfriend told me about this it's called a dot method so essentially when you're writing down your tasks for the week on, say, like a Sunday or something like that, you draw a little dot next to each thing. And then when you don't, you've don't done it, you get to fill out the dot. Now, I know ticking things off is really cool. But have you ever tried filling in a dot? Oh, it hits differently. So say for this week, I've written down, like, right, record two book review episodes. So I've got two dots. I'll do, like, yoga three times, three dots exercise five times yoga actually i'm counting as exercise i suppose it does count as exercise but everyone views things differently don't they Uh, i've got five dots there and when you're filling these out you've got like a an actual way to track it as opposed to just ticking stuff off it's probably no different a dot and a tick but it just feels a little bit different so try it out um And then at the end of the week, you can look at all your full dots and you can feel like an absolute legend for it. And yeah, everyone likes feeling like a legend, don't they? one quick thing before we move on to the hardly working part of the book which is it is shorter than the working hard but i suppose it kind of kind of has to be is about defining success for you and i suppose this like comes back to like purpose people always like oh my god i don't know what success looks like for me or they're working towards the success of someone else and a quote from the book is she says ultimately your story is about you not the people you follow or your colleagues or your old classmates until you define what success is for you you're going to be fighting a losing battle So it's so important to kind of realize what is going to make you successful in your mind if i got a ferrari i wouldn't consider myself successful but if someone else got a ferrari they would be absolutely buzzing they feel like they've cracked it but i'm just not interested in cars especially not fast ones i hate going fast on things um with engines i said that as if i'm like a really fast runner i'm absolutely not um I don't like going fast in anything basically. So if I had that, that wouldn't be success for me. So if I was looking at everyone else getting all these really nice fast cars, and I'm like, oh, I'm not successful because I haven't got what they got. It's a losing battle, isn't it? Um, so yeah. So like, think about it. Be mindful. Who do you follow on Instagram? Like, are they just show offy, or not necessarily show offy? Because like, fair play. If that's what you're into, that's what you're into. But just make sure you're following people that are in line with your values and stuff like that. It's important. Right, hardly working. Productivity is, it can be toxic. And she talks about toxic positivity and like hustle porn in the book because on Instagram, there are people are like, I'm getting up at 5 a.m. I'm so fucking cool. Like, I often get up at 5 a.m., but it's not because I love the hustle or the like grind of the morning. It's just like, it's just that's where my body clock is. Like, it's not forced. I don't like get up at 5 and like take a picture of my watch and go, hey, this is what I'm doing. Productivity is way more about like actually doing stuff than just being awake for the longest. Because it's so unhealthy to be awake for the longest. I'm lucky, I'll go to bed real early. I haven't got any like kids or anything that make me stay up or get me up in the middle of the night. I go to sleep probably about 9 o'clock every evening. And then I'm up at 5, so that's 8 hours. Brilliant. So just... Make sure like, you're not doing too much. Make sure you're not just like getting up for the sake of it to be that productive person that just gets up at five and then sits there scrolling for an hour but just says, oh, it's all right, well, I got up at five. Pretty cool. You're just doing yourself a disservice and you're probably actually doing a disservice to other people as well because you'd just be a bit fucking miserable. So do what makes you happy, essentially. Um, hardly working essentially comes down to self-care from what I've gathered from the book. like Taking days off... Um she goes into a part about how like British culture and working culture they sort of look at days off as if they're a bad thing. Um, like people would rather push it to the point until they're actually properly ill than take a day off before they get properly sick. Like, you know, when you feel like you got a cold coming on. I know it's a bit different nowadays, like when you feel like you've got a cold coming on at the moment, you're like, Oh my god, have I got the coronavirus? <laughs> um And that's just the likelihood is that you haven't but you just you're getting a cold because you're overworked or you you run down and you're not eating your tender stem broccoli or something like that so days off don't fall victim to being like i worked so hard it made me ill because it's not cool it's not big and it's not clever not to treat you like a child you know but um you gotta make sure that you are looking after yourself, and when it comes to self care, like that, you have to plan it. She says there is as much planning and preparation in self care as there is in productivity, and I think that's quite true. Like going back to that dot list, like I have something fun, and it's a very ambiguous term. But three times a week, I'd love to do something fun every day. But if I am going to be realistic myself, if I do something fun three times a week. Be that skateboarding, or this week I am going to go paddleboarding, or um, I, I don't know. Whatever's fun for you, just try and schedule something like that in three times a week because it's so important that you're taking care of yourself and that you're happy because if you're not taking care of yourself and you're not happy, you're unable to maybe take care of people that might need that from you or might expect that from you. And you can't pour from an empty cup. Everyone knows that. So take note of when you're feeling good as well. Like, What are the things that you do when you feel at your best? What are the things you are doing that make you feel just a sense of calm? Make a note of them and do them more often and schedule it in. Just because it's in your diary doesn't mean it has to be a task that you don't want to do. If it's in your diary, it like it doesn't have to be work. I think people keep their diary exclusively for work. Maybe that was just me up until I read this book, but you've got to schedule it. It will help. And think about just doing nothing every now and then as well. Um, the Book of Rest is a brilliant book to read if you struggle to switch off and if you struggle to do nothing because it will give you the techniques and the tools and the understanding of why it's important just to not do anything every now and then and not like sitting and meditating and not um, focusing on anything or focusing on your breath but literally just doing nothing just sit there and do nothing try that for 10 minutes a day don't focus on anything and just sit there and just let whatever thoughts come up come up it's kind of how I meditate now like I sit there for an hour and I just see I just see what turns up what am I worried about today or what am I looking forward to today okay that's cool that thought has gone what's next okay oh no my hips are hurting you just kind of don't focus on anything and just see what comes up and you feel really good after obviously and because that's kind of how these things work when you are doing nothing or when you're actually resting properly you do feel a little bit more recharged afterwards. So who knew that? Hopefully some of you. It's just... There's there's not too much to say on the working hard part. Like, it was good. There was a lot more... Sorry, the hardly working part. There was a lot more on the working hard than there was hardly working. But that most important part was like scheduling your self-care and making sure that you take time... For yourself Um, this is a quote from the book so self-care doesn't mean maximum enjoyment always or trying to fit in as many things as physically possible into your day until you collapse on the floor but if you do want to fit different things into your life you're going to have a better time if it's well planned things won't always slot in on their own and having structure will help you avoid feeling overwhelmed now I've always hated planning but honestly my life's actually got way better since I've started planning and that was about 2 weeks ago. So if you if you want to read the book great. I think it's a pretty good book. I think it's published today on the date of this podcast that is not on purpose. I literally just hadn't recorded it last week, so I up to uploaded the guest episode on Monday. So it's out today. It's called Working Hard, Hardly Working. If you struggle with either of those things, um, then this book will be good for you. I think particularly for and it's not just for girls, by the way, blokes, boys, LEDs. This is this is for everyone because productivity and rest is important for everyone. You are no different, whoever you are. So if you're Twenty to thirty, very good book for you, even if you're not. I think that's a demographic it's aimed at, but it'll be helpful for a lot of people. Like it's it's not the best book in the world, but by no means am I taking anything away from Grace by saying that because she's written a very good book, it's actually funny at times as well. And I messaged her um saying that and she was like, Oh my god, I'm funny. I was like, Yeah. Like, there were some very good parts in that book. Um, So, yeah, if these are your problems, working hard and hardly working, then this book will be good for you. If you feel that you've got everything pretty well planned out and well structured and you're not pouring from an empty cup and you're working hard when you need to and you're taking rests when you need to, then the book isn't going to be for you. But if you don't know how to do that, which I'm going to say is probably quite a lot of people, um, then go and grab the book because it's not even that big. It's like maybe... Just under 200 pages or like very very slightly over short read easy read quite funny very helpful that's all i've got to say about it so thank you very much for listening to the episode i'll be back i've got some good guests coming on the podcast soon and like i'm so excited to chat to them it's going to be some intimidating conversations for me like it's going to push me intellectually um one of them, I'll give you a hint to who it is, is going to push me in terms of humor. I'm going to have to try and be funny. Now I won't try and be funny. Basically, his name is begins with R and rhymes with Tussle Kane, and he's a comedian. So his name is Russell Kane. I'm just buzzing to have him on. So that episode will be out soon. I've got an episode coming out on grief. I've got an episode coming out on nutrition and eating habits, and I'm going to have an episode coming out very soon on conspiracy theories and books for that so a pretty wide range of topics i'm super excited to get them recorded hopefully you'll be excited or just you will just like listening to them you don't have to be excited um go and get excited about something else the world's kind of opening up a little bit at the moment so hopefully you're enjoying yourselves don't forget about podcasts don't forget about books if you need therapy go to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. That seemed particularly blunt, but honestly, if you are struggling with anything, therapy will change your life. It's changed mine, and that's why I have no trouble encouraging absolutely everyone I know to go. So, love you all. Goodbye. Love you, bye.